Hello, and welcome back to The Catch. Today on the podcast, we have myself, Michael Adams, as well as David McCormick. We're one man short and John Rahimi, but I think the two of us can hold it down to David. What do you think? What's up, Michael? I honestly think we can hold it down. I'm pretty excited, but I am missing John, though. Missing him a lot. Yeah, it's not only that we don't have John on the podcast, but uh, for those that don't know, John is on a 30-day retreat right now, so we don't only lose him during our podcast, but we also lose him for 30 days of just any contact in general, so we've been deprived of our John Rahimi recently. The worst deal of all time, but I mean, great for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great trade for him, terrible trade for us. (laughs) The boys are hurting, but yeah, super excited for John, you know, we're we're keeping him in our prayers as well as he is pretty uh pretty decently into his retreat right now so mm-hmm. he's about halfway yeah he is about halfway yeah and speaking of other milestones we have another milestone coming out uh, i think this podcast will be coming out the week of david's last week as a college student before officially graduating and i graduated last year while doing this podcast and that was kind of a, a fun event and transition but david it's coming down to the wire how does it feel to be done you know, Michael, it feels really weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I had my last class la- uh, last night. It was, like, virtual. So, I think just things have kind of felt odd. Um, but, like, exciting. I think it's kind of the mix of, like, I get graduation goggles, like, really early about anything. Like, I always get, like, I always get, like, super sad when I whenever I have to say goodbye. So, I almost prefer, like, the hard cutoff. Like, do you know, last year, like, when you and I were living in Newman, we didn't really have like that time to be sentimental because it was like, boom, COVID, you're gone. And part of me, I don't know if this is bad, but part of me almost like prefers that because if not, I would have just spent like two weeks being like, I'm going to miss Newman so much. But then once I'm gone, like I miss it, but like I move on pretty quickly. So I know graduation goggles are going to kind of settle in. But yeah, it's just been, it's been interesting too, because as I was telling you before, like for those those who know, like I'm an education major. So I've been student teaching this whole time. Like I've only had one class, like I only have class one, one day a week, but I'm teaching the entire rest of the time. So I finished last week. So I've gone from like having no free time and I'm teaching like 40 hours a week to now I'm just kind of hanging out for like the next week and a half. And it's just been a very, very like interesting kind of flip of events. Uh, that, that is, um, I, I guess, Something that I did is like I had the band-aid ripped off because of COVID, but you know, I didn't have as much time as you said to maybe reminisce or prepare just because like, oh, we're here, we're doing it. Cool. Um, but I, I'd be interested to hear from your perspective now that you have been there and you've had a little bit more time. What's kind of that one thing, uh, maybe a twofold question, one thing you're really gonna miss and one thing you're really looking forward to with graduation. Yeah, do you mean like looking forward to just like being like post-grad. in like the working world? Yeah, just post-grad yeah. in general, not being on campus. Yeah, I think one thing I'm really going to miss, honestly, is like the friendships. Not saying that I won't, like I'm going to keep those friendships, but just the, the proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, college is just super unique where like if I want to go, like go play catch with a friend or go grab a drink, like people for the most part are only about a text away. And that I'm really going to miss, especially just like the goofing off as well. It's like with my friends and having like, you know, some of that time um, when we like might not be as busy. Something I'm looking forward to though is, I don't even know how to phrase this, but like probably a, a little bit more of like, more like freedom and responsibility in the sense of like, I'm not going to be 
sitting through classes and doing like, I guess like I'm not going to miss like the assignments and the long projects and stuff like that. Um, that's something like I enjoyed learning. Um, but just the, the grind of that schedule, it's going to be a little bit different. I think like work is going to be kind of a grind, but I think I've found that like I've enjoyed student teaching more than I have like my classes per se, even though my classes were interesting. So I think like that's something I'm kind of looking forward to is a little bit more of like that freedom and like, I'll still be, you know, still have the schedule filled up, but um, yeah, I'm not going to miss the classes or like the, I want 15 pages by this day. Um, so I think that's something I'm going to kind of, I think I'm just, I'm looking forward to and I can see myself enjoying. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed that transition away from assignments and away from, you know, deliverables I had to turn in. Uh, something that I've kind of learned, I think, over the time that I've been out, and I, to be fair, that's not very long, but a lot of people that are older than me in my workplace will be like, you know, Michael, do you miss those things? And I'm always like, no, I, I just don't. I just know I don't. Um, and even just a couple of weeks ago, David, Father Lampett asked me that question. I was like, no, I don't miss it that much. Like, I just don't miss that side of college as much as I thought I would. But I will say, like, there is always, like, this underlying craving or desire for knowledge which I don't think necessarily leaves at least in my experience was like, there's some craving for knowledge or like learning, but taking the pressure off of yourself with not having assignments associated with that learning is yeah. a complete game changer. It actually makes learning fun. And it kind of, I don't know, you hit a rut after being in the education system for so long. You're like, I just don't want to learn anymore. And when you get out, it's like, Oh, learning can actually be fun when I take the pressure and the stress out of it. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of how that plays out in your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I found myself like, you know, I say like playing school It's like, you, you kind of find yourself playing school being like, how much do I need to do in this assignment? Is this going to be on the test? And I think, I think I still am going to have that desire for learning. And I love learning, especially stuff with my major and like that being specific, but mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to look forward to, yeah, not having, not being kind of the will of my professor to be like, Oh, I'm going to assign this super long and like taxing assignment that I like to be frank, think is kind of dumb and be like, well, now I have to spend like a week and a half doing this and I don't really want to be, but you know, it's going to have its positives and negatives. Yeah, it definitely will. I know for me, I have recently, not recently, the entire year I've been graduate, I've kind of had that desire for knowledge and I filled it with a lot of just independent reading, just finding books on topics that personally intrigue me and just kind of reading in my free time. It's a habit I'm trying to get better at, uh, which kind of leads into the topic today a little bit because I recently was recommended a C.S. Lewis book by my good friend Beefy Boy, Beef Harris, Ian Harris. Beef. Shout out to Beef. Um, and I, I've never read any C.S. Lewis. I just kind of gotten off this high of reading like a very in-depth book from St. Catherine of Siena. And I was kind of like, okay, I have no idea what to expect out of a C.S. Lewis book. Uh, I just spent months reading a singular book. Uh, and I, I got into the C.S. Lewis book called The Great Divorce and found it extremely entertaining. Um, oh, what do you, what do you have? Oh yeah, I know you saw my face lit up. I, I was literally recommended that book like this morning by two people. Really? Not even like no BS actually though. And remember I told you I had to get up early for that discipleship thing. They mentioned it in the talk we listened to. And then after one of our, um, one of our missionary friends was like, if you haven't read this book, you need, like you should read this book. Just like completely unrelated. We were just talking about like spiritual reading. That is oh, funny. That up. We didn't even plan this everyone. 
yeah, well, that's going to be a little bit of what we're talking about today. I'm not going to give too many spoilers away, but there's a couple of concepts that I picked up on. Uh, typically, when I read books, like I like reading uh, very like, for lack of a better word, because it sounds pretentious, but I don't usually read, read very entertaining books. Like the books I'm reading are typically more dry and like informational based or like technical based. So, like a lot of the spiritual books I read are like a lot of like, oh, you want to grow in XYZ virtue or grow in like different holiness or whatever it may be. And then it's like these saints writings that are just like very hardcore. Um, and like when you go to like a C.S. Lewis book, it was a very interesting transition because it's almost it's a, it's a novel. I mean, he writes it in story form. But through the story, you pick up on these themes and you pick up on these interactions and you can read it and you can just see how God's working in it. And it was a really beautiful thing for me to experience. I, I haven't really done that too much. But again, I know you're probably going to read it. And there's more than likely people who are listening right now who have not read it. And hopefully at this point, we'll find it worthy after this conversation to go and spend time with it. But there is one concept I kind of want to wanted to talk about today. And it was this concept of choice. Um, now that's kind of a buzzword in today's culture. I am a free will nut. Like that's one of my favorite things to talk about with people. And I'm not going to focus on like the side of free will in this because that in itself should be probably a three-part podcast series if we wanted to do it right. Um, but there was a concept where they talked about every person has the freedom and the ability to choose either heaven or hell, uh, but make no mistake. It's a choice. And I wanted to kind of just discuss this with you, David, because he hearing it, it sounds so obvious. It's like, oh, yeah, like I choose heaven or I, yeah, I choose heaven. But hearing be like, oh, you're choosing hell. That is pretty. It, it's a pretty jarring thing to hear um, as yes, David, the O face reaction is the perfect way to react. Uh, and so I, I wanted to talk about kind of how we felt about that wording. Do we is it really a choice? and kind of some of the nuances that come out of our actions and the way that we view ourselves, if it truly is a choice between heaven or hell. Um, so I guess I, I wanted to hear if you had any initial thoughts on that kind of idea. Yeah, I think I have some questions. So like when they say, when they say choice, do they mean like you are dead, it is judgment time, you're at the pearly gates, or do they mean like you have a choice over the span of your entire life? That, that's a good distinction I think we need to make and for the sake of not wanting to give spoilers on the theme of the book I'll try to answer it relatively vaguely because if I don't I think it will give away kind of one of the huge themes that come out of it um, I think there is an element of both so this doesn't really give away anything about the book but the book focuses on this one man's journey from hell to heaven and it's the this progression where he starts in hell and he kind of moves into purgatory and then eventually into heaven um, and I think it's, you can think of it in that way to some degree of like choosing heaven or hell, but I think it's really important for us to think of it in our actual life currently, where every single day we live, we are either actively choosing heaven or we're actively choosing hell. Um, I, this is something I used to hear a lot as an athlete was, you know, you're either getting better today or you're getting worse. You're either taking one step forward or you're taking two steps back. That's something that my basketball coach used to say to us very frequently, and, you know, I never really thought much of it other than like, oh, yeah, I need to go like get some extra shots up today or go do some extra workout, that kind of stuff. But it is very transferable to our spiritual life now that I kind of look at it through that lens. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm just kind of taking time to 
kind of reflect, I think back to just some things I've heard about that. Um, one being just like, you know, the question, like, why would a loving God ever send someone to hell? And then the response is normally, why would someone ever choose hell over a loving God? And that's something I have never really thought about too closely, but I think that kind of ties in a little bit to what you're talking about right now. And I kind of do get your point of that, like you, you play how you practice, right. To Mm -hmm. go back to like this, to kind of go back to the sports metaphor. Um, If you spend your entire life, you know, turning away from God, turning away from God, turning away from God and never like going towards him. um, This is by no means like a condemnation. I guess the question many might pose would be, what will change then at the end of your life? If you spend all your life doing one thing, what ultimately is going to change? So like if you do, if you are, I'm trying to think like of an example, but like if you are consistently like doing something wrong, let's say just like, oh, well, oh, here's an example. So like in, uh, when I was in middle school, right? Like I didn't really care about school that much. I think I was like smart to get like decent grades, but I did not have like the best study habits because I could just kind of coast. But then in my mind, I was like, when I get to high school, like I'm going to, I'm going to like, things are going to be different. I'm going to start caring. But if you actually look, it's like, if you're making the same decision over and over again to not study and to not, you know, put that time, put the effort in, like, what do you think is going to change when you get to like the point where it actually matters? And the answer was, like my first semester of high school wasn't bad, but same thing. I didn't, I hadn't actually made those small decisions. So when it got up to like the big time, if you want to call high school, the big time, um, the big show, the big, yeah, exactly. It didn't, it didn't really transfer over. And ultimately I was able to build those habits, but same thing, just to kind of the expectation. So to end this long metaphor, kind of the same thing, if you're spending the majority of your life saying, as you say, like choosing hell or turning away from God, um, what i guess like logically what makes you think that it's going to be any different like that you can just like what's going to change i guess david you know that you said something there kind of that that struck me about living your life in such a way and expecting something to change you know it's that experience that we've all had it's like i don't really need to care about that right now i'll care about that when i'm older xyz but i think that in itself it shows you how important or maybe for a better word, how critical our decisions are and the great effect of them. Cause we think in the grand scheme of things, like little tiny things that we choose in our life. And um, especially like some of those maybe vices that we have, like that we can do them. doesn't have really any great effect on us that we'll have freedom to separate from those whenever we see fit. But we have to realize that in those situations, we're doing damage to something that is infinite and that is our soul which is kind of the answer to of like you know why would a good and infinite god punish us for finite actions that's something that i've also been kind of hit with and the answer to that is although our actions in themselves might be finite the damage that we cause to our soul is infinite because our soul is of the infinite and so in theory or not in theory in all actuality we are deserving of that hell because we are disgracing something that is infinite. And that's something that we need to look to because we have that choice of heaven or hell. And it tells you that every single day we're making decisions for the future of our soul. Um, And you think of how hard it is to get over those 
you know, let's call them addictions or habits, let's, you know, just vice. Um, you know, a, a very common one probably in this day and age is like drinking, you know, people who are very used to like party culture, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I've been in that as well. And the struggle to kind of get out of that and the struggle to overcome some of those temptations is a lot harder than one would expect. Um, but that's because you've been living in vice and you've been living in darkness for so long that you actually are now used to it. Um, there's some piece of scripture. I can't remember what it is, but, um, some people will stay in the dark because they just prefer the dark. They prefer the dark to the light. And it's kind of similar to how it becomes after we do make these continuous choices of hell in our small decisions that damage our soul, because that just becomes ingrained into who we are. And now to actually remove that of ourselves, it's going to take pain. And I think sometimes it comes to this decision thing. It's like, okay, I've been choosing hell. Well, I want to choose heaven. Why isn't, why isn't it easier? You know, if God wanted me to go to heaven, why wouldn't he make it easier for me to choose heaven? And the best way I can maybe describe it is like, if you actually have, if you have an injury, let's say in your arm, like say you just tore your rotator cuff, um, you know, the good thing to do and the healing thing would be to go get surgery. But after you have surgery, there's, you know, an X, let's say just six months of recovery and you're in pain. It's not like you just snap your fingers and it's like, oh, I'm all better now. It's pain because you had to take from something and you had to mold it and refix it and rechange it. Um, and it's the same thing with our soul. And we're, when we're trying to beat these habits, there is some true death to that darkness in our soul. And it's a wound that has to be kind of ripped out and it's going to be raw and it's going to be tender for quite a while until you reinforce that and rebuild it with virtue. Yeah. And I think you summed it up really well that kind of removing those areas of your life, removing those parts is not going to be easy. So you, you think about, you think about the Lord, right? And sometimes it kind of helps think about like how he views us. He does not want, you know, his sons and daughters living in, you know, living as slaves, basically slaves to sin. And that's why, you know, his, his mercy is infinite. His love is infinite. And while you're going through that, that's why it's so helpful that, to think that in order to get over these and get closer and we, we can't do this on our own, right? It's been scripture the last couple of days that like without that Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And it kind of hits you right in the pride because you're like, Oh yeah, I could do. Yeah. Well, I can still like, I can still do this. Well, no, he means, he means like in the spiritual aspect, like we, you can't do anything and yeah, it, it's going to be painful and it's not going to be with all things. It's not more often than not, not going to be linear. And something that you said kind of stood out to me that our decisions, our small decisions matter. And I think that's kind of, I feel like, um, as you talk about, like, it's a choice, like we have, as you said, free will, our small decisions matter and they have implications. And that's not to say, Oh, well you, you did this. Congrats. You're going to hell. Like, Nope. We, we have the sacraments, we have confession, but is, are you trying to love the Lord in the best way that you can? And I know one question that, I don't really like to think about because same thing. It proves that we have implications is like, think about every decision you make or every action. It's either getting you closer or further away from the man that God's calling you to be or the woman God's calling you to be. And I really didn't like, like sophomore year, David in college didn't really like hearing that because that means our decisions carry weight. That means that with our decisions, 
you know, we're either getting closer to the Lord, we're either striving to love him better or we're moving away from him. But ultimately it's hard to make, it's hard to make that choice. And like that decision, if you don't know the implications or that, the, or that, that decision's being made. And I think that's kind of like a good point of this podcast, you know, it's just to, um, just for you and I like to kind of talk to each other and be aware, like, yeah, what are areas that we're not very aware of those implications Mm-hmm. And yeah, what are areas that we might be kind of more like complicit in and yeah, not, not really taking like the full scope of what these things mean and what these things are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a definitely a need for an increase in prudence in, I mean, both of our lives, but the lives evolve truly being prudent in all of our actions and thinking how they relate to the Lord. And, you know, again, this is where one of those things where the way that we're talking about can bring about some implications. And I want to make some clarifications maybe before we end. And the first one is something that, you know, David, I said to you recently um, is that the call that we've been given to follow Christ and, you know, grow closer to him is not a call for perfection because we are deeply flawed beings. Um, But it's a call for perseverance and understanding that there are times where you will quote unquote choose hell. And I'm not even going to really call it that. I'll just say there's gonna be times that we fall and that we turn around and we turn our back to God. Um, but the beautiful thing is, it's just like the prodigal son. We always have the choice to come back and we always have the choice to choose heaven. And we know that if we just make the slightest yes towards God, I mean, we think sometimes like, I'm so far gone. Like, look, I'd have to do all of these great things to undo all of the bad that I've done. And that's something that I typically very easily fall into. It's like, I did bad, I did evil. Um, I quote unquote chose hell. Well, now I have to do the opposite so much greater as to make up for lost time, as to make up for my bad actions that I did or the transgressions I had against God. In reality, it's just such a small yes. Just the exact same thing as the prodigal son where he just walks back and he can't offer his father anything. He can't offer his father back the money that he spent or offer, you know, the father back his reputation that he might've ruined in all of these various places. But he, what does he do? He just offers him himself and says, here I am, you know, I'm at your disposal, do with me as you will. And it's the same thing that we can do in relation to the Lord now is if you fall, okay, get up, persevere, go back to the foot of the cross, go back to the feet of the father, go to the sacraments and, and just trust that doing that over and over and over again, you're going to continue to progress. You're not going to progress maybe as fast as you'd like. Um, I know I definitely don't progress as fast as I'd like, and I'm a very impatient person, but you will progress and you will get there. Uh, so as scary as that can be of like looking at, you know, you could be overly scrupulous and say every, every decision I'm choosing heaven or hell. And I have to think about everything in great detail, like, no, not encouraging that. That's probably actually more damaging than anything. Um, but it gives you some sort of power and some sort of hope of saying that I'm not just aimlessly wandering here. I have a role to play in this world. I have a role to play in my own salvation. Um, God is actually inviting me to be a part of that journey, which I think is very beautiful. I think it really displays the personal love that God, the father has for us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great clarification as well that, yeah, we are, we are by no means saying like, oh, overthink, because sometimes in decisions, they're between, you know, two very good things. And I know I just had a friend recently, is I've had a lot of, you know, decisions, especially, you know, my future this year is like, as long as you are 
like thoughtfully considering and trying to go closer to the Lord, trying to go closer, like where that fire is, like you're not going to do wrong, but then also having the humility of saying like, if Lord, if this is not where you want me, like, please point me back in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of something that I have been struggling with as well. You know, if I turn my back to the Lord or I might not be as like, I might be missing on prayer time or yeah. Or just like, honestly, general sin because I'm a sinner. Um, but feeling like I have to go back and earn, like earn his love again. And that's kind of like started to hit me. And especially as you were talking, like just how prideful that is, um, settling back on ourselves and our own will and our own abilities. Like I'm going to earn his love back instead of as the Lord has shown us time and time again, instead of lowering ourselves, he's just said like the prodigal son coming back, realizing like, Lord, I cannot do this without you. But it is the temptation to be like, yeah, I was I was doing these things, Lord. I was turning my back on you. I was offending you. But I'm going to come back. I'm, I'm going to earn this now. Um, but the Lord just wants all of us. And I think it is a great challenge of humility as well um, to say, like, Lord, I want to love you best I can. And I know that is being close to you. And I know that is you know, receiving the sacraments, going to confession. And I could probably do an entire other podcast on decision making. But yeah, that is a great clarification though. Yeah, that this is by no means being like, if you choose to have Coke instead of Diet Coke, you're going to hell. Like, nope, that is not what we're saying. But I do agree. Like things carry implications and we're not living in some kind of like, we're not living in like neutral gray area. I feel like as much as we think we are. Um, yeah. And I think that's just like, ultimately it's like, yeah, are you, as you wake up every day, are you striving for Christ? When you fall, are you trying to rely on yourself which I would say like, I've been very guilty of doing, or when you fall, are you taking that to Christ? Are you taking that to the foot of the cross? And I think that's kind of like the big distinction and something that's been kind of going on with me as well currently um, is yeah, when I fall or if I feel, you know, those general feelings of like unworthiness of God's love, what am I doing with those? Am I trying to, am I bringing those to him or am I bringing those somewhere else? Mm -hmm. And there's a correct answer for those of where you should bring them. <laughs> really? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think we'll maybe do another podcast on something similar to this topic with decision making. Because you I'm and not... I are the least qualified people to do that podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have somebody come in as a guest that actually is good at making decisions <laughs> and is not as indecisive as myself. So, <laughs> but I, I think that's all we have for today on this topic. And you know, we'll we'll dive into it deeper. But uh, please be praying for us and pray for John, especially as, as he's in his retreat right now. Um, we'll be praying for all of you that are listening. Feel free to reach out to us at thecatchcc at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, any feedback you have on our podcasts, uh, but also any comments, questions, or requests that you might have. Like, you know, it means a lot for us to hear from you. So always feel free to reach out. And, you know, real quick before we go, I'll say two quick words from our sponsors. One of them over at... Uh, Bishop Sheen Rosaries. They've got some really great things going on over there. Some durable rosaries that go to support very good cause. I know they have some new ones coming out soon. So if you are interested in that, make sure to go check them out using the description or the link in the description below. And lastly, with Covenant Eyes, if you or someone you know is struggling with an addiction to pornography, go check out their porn fighting software. They have some really great resources over there, both on the software side, but also in just resources of reading videos and what other thing you other things you might imagine. Uh, and you can also get a, a free trial for them using the link in the description below. Um, but until next time, thank you for listening. We will talk to you all soon. Adios. See ya.